Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. The Howie Silberger Show is heard every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday nights right here on truetalkradio.com. Download the app. Go to truetalkradio.com. Download the app. We are live streaming tonight on Facebook, on the Howie Silberger Show page on Facebook, on the Howie Silberger page on Facebook. And we're also live streaming on YouTube tonight, Uh, although the YouTube image is inversed for some reason. So if you're watching on YouTube, yes, the image is backwards. But uh, I have no idea why it's doing that. We'll figure that out for next show. So Thursday night, hopefully, we'll have the image going the right way on YouTube. Uh, you can call in. The number is to call one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 That is the number to call to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. On uh, Tuesday nights, I- I'm on between uh, 10, Tuesday and Thursdays, I'm on between 10 and 11. We are live with the Howie Silver Show between 10 and 11. And then we're back again at midnight for Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. So if you are watching on uh, Facebook or on YouTube, um, we, we will do the show for an hour and then we'll take an hour off and we'll be back in an hour after that. We'll be back at 11 o'clock at uh, midnight, excuse me, with, um, with uh, the Political Hitman Show on Israel News Talk Radio. Uh, in between uh, the Howie Silberger Show and Political Hitman on True Talk Radio, you could uh, you could catch uh, you could catch a rerun of uh, some of our previous shows that we play on True Talk Radio. So just tune into True Talk Radio, download the app, and uh, be part of the True Talk Radio and Howie Silberger Show experience. So I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. Once again, we are live, and you could call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. More Jews have been beaten up in New York City. Uh, more Jewish attacks in New York City, and it's it's gotten to a point where, where where there's been a be- at least fifty five attacks on Jews in the last three months, and it's at a point where it's becoming intolerable uh, and unacceptable that Jews are being beaten up in the city that highest the highest Jewish population, out of any other city in 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 the diaspora. New York has the most amount of Jews living in in it. In the diaspora. The most amount of Jews live in New York. Jews live everywhere else, but New York has the highest percentage of Jews living there. And for Jews being beaten up in New York, especially in Orthodox communities like uh, Crown Heights and Williamsburg, it's actually frightening. And it's been happening for a while, and it's time for it to stop. It's time for New York authorities to to, to get their act together and to track down the people who are inv- who are beating up Jews and to stop them from doing that. It, it is time that that happens. A New York City councilman recently got up at a council meeting in New York City and said, uh, I'm starting to wonder if it's safe for Jews to walk around in the streets of New York anymore. And you know, it is a crime. It is a crime that a council person could ask that question. Instead of saying, instead of saying at that meeting, going to that meeting and saying, hey, what can we do to stop these attacks on Jews? He, he just mused, oh, well, you know, it's kind of dangerous for Jews to walk around in New York. I don't find it funny. Nobody should find it funny. And the, the dismissive attitude that the New York City Council has taken on this and the New York Police Department has taken on this, 
is truly frightening, but not surprising. It's not surprising because the anti-Jewish sentiment in North America has taken off. It is not unusual to, to see anti-Jewish activity happening in North America. Uh, take a look at uh, take a look at the well. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to assume that anti-Israel behavior is anti-Jewish behavior. I know a lot of Jews like to push that narrative, and I I really hate that because I could be anti-Israel. I could not support the policy of the state of Israel. I could really hate the state of Israel, hate the existence of the state of Israel, and still not be anti-Jewish. Uh, it's been muddled, and that's the problem. That the the idea of uh, of of Israel and Judaism has been muddled, and it has been intentionally muddled, by the way. It's not an unintentional thing. It has been intentionally muddled, and has been intentionally muddled because people had to have something to connect to, and the Jewish communities that were trying to push themselves away from God in North America, the Jewish communities who said, oh, we can't encourage our children to believe in God, those people, they said, we have to find something else to believe in. We have to find something else to encourage our children to believe in. So what did they do? They chose Israel. Zionism became the new religion. I, I, don't, I think I told the story a, a couple of weeks ago on the show. I'll tell it again because it's a, such a terrible story. And I'll tell it again, and I'll tell it again because it's a terrible story. I had a friend, and it was uh, during the high holidays. My friend came, uh, came up to me and said to me, You know, Howie, I, I heard you say on your show not long ago, that you don't believe that anti-Zionism is anti-Jewism. That you don't believe that anti-Zionism is a, is a form of anti-Jewism. We use the word anti-Semitism, but on my shows, I don't use that word at all. I don't believe the word anti-Semitism really describes... I, I don't think we should hide the way we speak. Uh, words mean things. And when we use words appropriately, and we use words properly, we, we convey the message that we want to convey. So to me, using the word anti-Semite uh, doesn't convey the seriousness of it. Uh, we're hiding, we're hiding the, the crime of what the person is guilty of. So I prefer to word, use the words anti-Jewite. I think anti-Jewite works better. Uh, same thing with pedophile. I don't use the word pedophile. Uh, when you hear me speaking about child molesters, I will refer to them as child molesters. Because referring to them as pedophiles is just not right. It's hiding the actual impact of what these people did and the harm and the, the damage that these people committed on children. So don't, you'll never hear me use the word pedophile. I'll always say child molester. And you'll never hear me use the word anti-Semite. I always use the word Jew hater. So that's the kind of verbology I use on the show. And if you call into the show or you're a guest on the show or somehow you get onto the show, uh, I, I, I would like you to use the same verbology that I use. Now, of course, not everybody does. We know that. It's impossible to force people to do what they want to do. But I, I encourage people to, to use words properly, appropriately. So people who beat up Jews in New York, they're anti-Jewites. They hate Jews. They're, 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 they're anti-Jewites. And people who molest children are child molesters. That's it. There's no, there's no other way to describe them. And, uh, and, and you won't be able to convince me to change my mind on this one. And people who hate Israel don't necessarily hate Jews. So we've got to be clear on that too. That Judaism doesn't equate Zionism. Zionism and Judaism aren't equals. Zionism is Jewish nationalism. 
So it is the belief that Jews have a right to have a homeland and have a right to live within the boundaries of the state of Israel. Or, or have the right to have a state of Israel exist, period. Uh, Judaism is a religion. We're nationality, too. I understand that. We're, we're genetically connected. We have a long history, a national history together. But the nationality of Judaism doesn't equate Jews with, doesn't equate Israel with the religion. So that's what I'm saying. So, so we, can't, we can't combine the two. So people who hate Israel don't necessarily hate Jews. And people who hate Jews, uh, well, it pretty much works that way. People who hate Jews generally hate Israel. So when Jews are being attacked in New York, and many Jews in New York who are being attacked aren't, aren't even, they're not Zionist Jews, and they're being attacked in New York, we should all be outraged. Zionists and non-Zionists should be outraged. Even if the people in New York who are being attacked are not Zionists. I heard somebody make that argument too. If they're not Zionists and they hate the state of Israel or they don't support the state of Israel, why the heck should I care about them? Why? Because they're part of the tribe. They're Jewish. And we should, we should hate and we should, we, should, um, we, we should feel the impact when Jews get attacked by, uh, by, by people who hate Jews. That's, that's as simple as that. So I, I hope that's clear. Now, intermarriage amongst Jews, and I know this is a tough subject. People hate when I talk about this because I have a tough stand on it. And I have a tough stand on it because I'm a survivalist, and I believe that Judaism has to survive, and I don't think we should sugarcoat stuff because other people believe that, oh, we should have an open society, and everybody should be equal, and everybody should uh, love everybody, and uh, peace and love. I, I don't go for that. I don't go for that at all. At all, at all, at all. Uh, intermarriage kills Judaism, Period. There's no debate, there's no question, intermarriage kills Judaism. And the reason intermarriage kills Judaism is because Judaism is based, uh, is a tribe. We are a tribe, we are a tribe of Jews. And as a tribe, we are obligated to marry within our tribe. This is what we are obligated to do. Uh, in order for Judaism to continue, we must be married within ourselves. We must marry people in our tribe. That's easier to move on with tradition. It is easier to, uh, and, and it's dictated by the religion. The religion dictates that we must marry Jews. But intermarriage in the United States has grown to ep epidemic proportions. It's an absolutely insane, the level of intermarriage that there is in the States today. Uh, a recent polling by Pew, I mean, we all heard about the Pew poll. The Pew poll happened, happened uh, a couple of years ago. They took a poll. And they found that uh, this was a few years ago. I think it was 2014 or 2015 when this poll was taken. And they found that over 56% of American Jews were marrying. That's one in two American Jews are marrying outside of the faith. Now, to reflect that, uh, we have uh, entertainment reflects what's happening in real life. Uh, this is generally what it's supposed to be doing. It also pushes a political agenda. Entertainment always pushes an agenda. And if you want to read a, uh, a, a really good book on that, I, I recommend Ben Shapiro's book, Hollywood Propaganda. It is a clear-cut, beautiful uh, presentation about how Hollywood has an agenda to push the liberal agenda. Uh, he, he speaks to thousands of people. Uh, he doesn't depict thousands of people in the book, but he, he interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people. And he wrote this book, and uh, if you read what these people had to say, some of these people created some of the most influential television shows in history. If you read what, I, what these people had to say, 
and how they push their agenda in their shows, you'll never look at television the same. Now, television is, is on its way out. Network television is, is really starting to die. And streaming has taken over because we are all becoming computers. We are all becoming, uh, we are all becoming uh, v- well, I wouldn't say victims. We're all becoming addicted to our technology. So people have stopped watching television traditionally, and they started watching streaming services like Netflix, like Hulu, like uh, Crave in Canada. And Netflix has decided that they want to reflect the reality of the Jewish experience of North America, but they're not going to base it in North America. So they created a show called The Awakening of Moti Wolkenburg. Wolkenbrunch. The Awakening of Moti Wolkenbrunch. This is what what they've created. And uh, the show is set in Switzerland, and it features a Swiss-Israeli actor, and the dialogue is in Yiddish and German. So if you understand Yiddish and German, you might be able to watch this show. Uh, I'm sure it'll be subtitles. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't recommend anybody watch this show because the topic of the show is uh, intermarriage. The Awakening of Mutti Wokenbruch talks about an Orthodox Jew who falls for a non-Jewish woman. This is reflecting the reality of the world today. It's unfortunate, and uh, and it's unfortunate that a um, that an Israeli newspaper and uh, I saw an article in a couple of newspapers about this, and uh, the, the one that really stuck out to me, which was really revoltingly disgusting, was the uh, Times of Israel, which I happened to write a blog for, and, and but but this coverage here is just revolting. Uh, Times of Israel wrote. Well, they took it from the Jewish Telegraph Agency, so could I blame the Times of Israel? Yeah, they shouldn't have taken this. Uh, they took it from the Jewish Telegraph Agency, and um, it, it's, it's revolting. And I'll read it to you. Uh, a new Netflix rom-com might be its most Jewish offering yet. The Awakening of Moti Wolkenbruch takes place in the Orthodox Jewish community in Zurich, Switzerland. The title character is a young man whose mother desperately wants him to marry a nice Jewish woman. But Moti, who is played by Swiss-Israeli actor Joel Bassman, ends up falling for a non-Jewish student named Laura, whom he meets at university. The film came out in Switzerland in 2018, but joins the Netflix lineup last month. It's based on a novel, Wolkenbrook's Wonderful Journey into the Arms of a Shiksa. The uh, Swiss-Jewish author Thomas Mayer and features dialogue in Yiddish and German. This is sad. It's sad. That movies are now being made, glorifying intermarriage. It is absolutely horrific that people will be watching a movie on Netflix which is glorifying the destruction of the Jewish people, the spiritual destruction of the Jewish people. It's horrifying. It's, it's, it's actually revolting. I know, I know, some of you are going to argue, Howie, Howie, it, it reflects diversity. Howie, you gotta be you gotta be a little more open minded. All my all my liberal friends are gonna say to me, Howie, how could you do this? Fifty one percent of the Jewish population is marrying outside of the faith. How could you possibly stand against this? What are you? Are you racist? That is the question that's always asked me whenever I talk about intermarriage and saying that Jews should be marrying Jews. And I believe that 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 Catholics should be marrying Catholics. It, it, it makes for an easier transition uh, from singlehood to marriage. 
it makes for a much, much better uh, environment for raising your children when you both believe in what you believe in. Even if you're both atheists, it doesn't matter to me. It matters. It's just much easier to raise children when you have the same value system and when you're not conflicting religions, when you're not conflicting stories and uh, you're not conflicting holidays. It makes it much, much easier. But people will still yell at me. Howie, how dare you? How dare you talk about this? I remember when we were on the AM uh, station not long ago, we did shows like this. Uh, I would get letters all week after the show saying, Howie, you shouldn't be talking about stuff like that on the radio. How dare you? How dare you talk about stuff like that? They used to come, they used to come in one by one all week long. But the reality is that if we don't look at these tough subjects and we don't talk about them, as Jews, we don't talk about them. I know there's a lot of non-Jews watching this too, and I apologize that I got really Jewish today, but uh, that happens occasionally on the show. Uh, well, if we don't talk about these topics in, in the Jewish community, if we don't discuss this stuff, then we can never come to some kind of, uh, of conclusion, never come to some kind of game plan on how we're going to teach our children not to move in that direction. Sure, we can raise them with the Jewish values and everything else, but out of the one out of the uh, two out of three Jews that are intermarrying in the United States, even if we raise the uh, the bar and we say, "All right, we are going to raise you in a more Jewish environment. We are going to be even extra religious. We are going to look at the uh, at uh, at how we live our lives and set our lives as an example." Uh, still, two out of three Jews are intermarrying. Now you could say, "Okay, those two three two out of three Jews that are intermarrying are not part of Judaism." They're not part of the Orthodox Jewish community, so why do I care about them? Isn't the uh, Orthodox Jewish community the only thing that I should care about because I'm an Orthodox Jew? And that goes back to the first thing we spoke about, that we are responsible for our brothers. You know, we read that that, uh, Torah portion not long ago, the uh, Torah portion about Adam and Eve and their kids, Cain and Abel, and how one brother killed the other brother. And then God came and said, hey, where's your brother? And he said, I'm not my brother's keeper, but we are a brother's keeper. And we must look out for each other. So we must be outraged when Jews are being attacked in New York City. We must be outraged when Jews are killing each other, are killing the religion by intermarrying. And we must find some kind of active plan to counter this. That's our duty. And it's our duty to talk about it. It's our duty to be part of it. And it's our duty to, well, to be part of it, I mean to be opposed to it, and it's our duty to fight it in every possible way we can. Failing to do that, we are failing not only ourselves, we're failing our religion. We're letting our religion down, and we should never, ever, ever do that. I'm Howie Silberger. the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. You could call in, number to call, one 669 1292 that's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. I will take your calls. Call the phones are open the entire uh, duration of the, of the show. We're on until eleven o'clock tonight. After eleven o'clock, we will take an hour off. Then we'll be back right here. We'll be back with political hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. So uh, I'll live stream that too on the same uh, on the same services I'm live streaming uh, the true the uh, Howie Silberger show. So it will be live stream. It will be streaming on the True Talk Radio app. It will be airing on uh, YouTube, live on YouTube. 
It'll be live on Facebook and uh, the Howie Silberger Show page on Facebook and the Howie Silberger Show and the Howie Silberger page on Facebook. So it'll be live on both pages and will be live on uh, YouTube. Uh, that's coming up at midnight Eastern Standard Time. So uh, and uh, yes, yes, it's true. Uh, let me just be very. You know, I like to be transparent. I don't. I don't like to. I don't like to lie to you. I don't like to tell you stuff that isn't true. So I will be 100% transparent and tell you that um, that some of the topics I cover on one show, I will talk about on the other show. I might cover them a different way on the other show, but sometimes you might hear some of the same stuff on both shows. So don't be surprised if you tune in at midnight and find that some of the uh, topics that I use at midnight or some of the topics I've used during this show will appear at midnight. And then on uh, Thursday when we do the show, sometimes the topics will roll over. So don't be surprised if that happens. Don't call me up or, or write to me and say, Howie, didn't you talk about that about an hour ago? Yes, yes, I did. And um, But but, I, but I'll take a different angle. I, I won't repeat exactly what I said, so don't worry. So if you listen to the other show, it's not going to be repetitive. Um, the Howie Silver Show, by the way, airs right here on True Talk Radio. It airs Sunday night at 6 p.m. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Sunday nights at 8 p.m. We used to be on at 6 p.m., but now we're on at 8 p.m. Sunday nights between 8 and 9, and then uh, Tuesday nights and Thursday nights between 10 and 11. That's when we're here on True Talk Radio. We will be live streaming on Facebook and, uh, and YouTube. I think this will become a permanent thing. Uh, we'll be live streaming on, the, um, on Facebook and YouTube the entire show. So if you can't, uh, if you don't, if you can't get the app working or you, uh, or you just don't feel like going to the website, you can always just watch the stream. And the streams will be archived, and they'll be uh, they'll be posted, and you could uh, you could listen to uh, the show over and over again if you really want to. If that's what floats your boat, that's what you could do. Uh, we'll be having a lot of guests on the show. Um, guests will be will be appearing on the uh, on the Howie Silberger show in the next couple of weeks. I'm trying to set it up. I'm supposed to have a guest on tonight, and uh, he backed out last minute. Uh, sometimes you know my guests are high profile. Uh, most of my guests are high profile, and sometimes what happens is they agree to come onto this show, and then at the same time uh, they get a call from Fox News or they get a call from CNN, and uh, and uh, they have the choice: we could go into the Howie Silberger show on True Talk Radio, <laughs> or we go on Fox News, or we go on CNN. So the uh, the decision that they make usually is that um, that Howie will take a rain check on your show, but we will be back. <laughs> we'll be there on CNN. Uh, we're going to be able to go on CNN tonight. We'll be back on your show uh, when we have time. So this is what happens a lot, and um, unfortunately, uh, we lose out on the guest for that night, but that's okay. Uh, I wanted to talk about the impeachment, about the Donald Trump impeachment, because I think it's important that we talk about uh, historical events. And this is a very historical event. It's only happened uh, that... Two American presidents have been impeached. And I bet you, I bet you if you think about it, you can't think of which two. Uh, when I asked this question to my high school class, uh, the answer they gave me was, um, oh, uh, yeah, Richard Nixon. Um, no, no, Richard Nixon was not impeached. In fact, most people that I asked the question to answered that Richard Nixon was the, uh, was the impeached president. And Richard Nixon was never impeached. He was, uh, he, they started uh, investigating impeachment, and then he resigned his position before they had a chance to throw him out. So Richard Nixon wasn't impeached. But which two presidents of the United States were impeached? Does anybody know? 
uh, you you could comment on the um, on the streams on the live streams, or you could uh, you could call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Only two in history. So, a third president, and a third time the American government is doing an impeachment inquiry. Does make for some interesting historical news. That it does. And we will talk about that when we come back from this short break. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. For those of you watching on uh, Facebook and on YouTube, uh, we're going to go to break. So I'm going to play some music. Uh, But while I play music, uh, you're going to still see me. And uh, sort of a behind-the-scenes look at what happens behind the scenes. So you'll see me take a drink of water, maybe. Maybe you'll see me get up. But But you will continue watching me. So I'm not stopping the streams for the break. Uh, but those of you listening on the radio or listening on the uh, on the app, you will you will hear music and you won't be able to see me. But you can't see me anyway, so that's fine. I'm Howie Silberger. It's the Howie Silberger Show. Call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. We'll be back right after this. Long, long time ago, I can still remember how I dreamt of being a billionaire. I knew that if I had my way, that I'd be super rich one day, and maybe I'd be happy for a while. Then luxury would all be mine, all day long I'd wine and dine, I'd have it my way, parties night and day. Cadillac success and fame I quickly learned to play the game Happiness was there to buy The day the music lied So bye-bye, big American lie I tried to buy, meaning there's no meaning to buy They say drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. It's the big American lie. It's the big American lie. Did you write the book of success and will money buy you happiness? Everybody tells you so. American lie. Now for ten years I've been on my own since I came to 
Bigger show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1 
And welcome back to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. My name is Howie Silberger. Let me give you those numbers again. Once again, numbers to call 1-877-669-1292 if you want to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. We are heard live every Sunday night between 8 and 9 p.m. We're heard on Tuesdays and Thursday nights between 10 and 11 p.m. And on Tuesday nights, stick around. That's tonight. Stick around. Because at midnight, we start with Political Hitman, right here at midnight on the, Howie, on the, uh, on the True Talk Radio Network. So the uh, impeachment inquiry has started. Uh, President Trump's impeachment inquiry. The uh, congressmen and the Congress people, sorry, can't say congressmen anymore. The Congress people have started a, uh, a, an inquiry into whether Donald Trump committed a crime and whether the crime was an impeachable offense. Now, most experts that you, uh, that you read, most, uh, most, most of the commentary that you read, says that uh, no, nobody's really sure if this is a crime, if, 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 if what Trump did is a crime, if, if it's really an impeachable offense, since there were only two presidents in the United States history that have ever been impeached. And those two presidents, for those of you who are wondering, I mentioned it before, let me tell you who those two presidents were. It wasn't Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was never impeached. Uh, they started the impeachment inquiry, and then he resigned. I guess he must have been guilty or had a guilty conscience, one or the other. Uh, The two presidents that were impeached were Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton. Those were the two presidents that were impeached by by either Congress or Senate in the United States. Andrew Johnson, for those of you wondering, was the president that replaced Abraham Lincoln after his assassination. And we all know Bill Clinton— and Bill Clinton was impeached for lying to Congress, which is a felony in the United States. So uh, those two uh, presidents were impeached. Uh, they committed crimes. Both of them committed crimes. And the uh, Articles of Impeachment, the laws of impeachment in the United States, state that you must commit a crime, a high crime or a misdemeanor. But unfortunately, the Constitution doesn't define what a high crime or a misdemeanor is. They leave that up until the up to Congress and to the Senate to figure out. And that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to figure out if Donald Trump committed a high crime or a misdemeanor. So how does it work? I, I know a lot of people don't understand how this whole impeachment thing works. Uh, they've been following it but uh, or kind of reading about it or hearing about it. But nobody's really sure how it works. So let me, let me explain to you the process because the process is interesting. So first, uh, Congress... Well, well... The process is interesting because they didn't really follow the historical progress, uh, the historical, uh, the historical process of leading up, leading up to this this point in the impeachment. So historically, what would happen is that Congress would say, "Ah, the president committed a high crime and a, or a misdemeanor, uh, something that's so unthinkable, so horrible, so horrific that we can't imagine having this president as our president anymore." That this man has committed something that is so mind-blowingly bad that we must remove him from office. So they would start an impeachment inquiry, an official impeachment inquiry. Somebody would, uh, somebody would write up articles of impeachment saying that this is the crime that the president committed and this is the problem that we have with the president and this is why we want to get rid of the president. And they would write up these, uh, these things. They would go to Congress... And Congress would vote, or, or Senate, it could start in either house. So either Senate would vote or Congress would vote. 
and they would say, all right, this is the crimes the president committed. Let's investigate these crimes. Then they would start calling witnesses, and uh, both sides would get to ask the witnesses questions, and if they found there was enough evidence to prove that the president committed a crime, they would, um, they would, vote, to, um, they would vote to impeach him. So the first vote would go to whatever house opened up the uh, the the whatever house opened up the the uh, the impeachment investigation. Once that house is finished, and let's say Congress right now votes to impeach President Trump, then the Senate has the right to investigate the impeachment. Once again, the whole process starts all over again in the Senate. So it goes to the Senate. The Senate has to investigate, so they could call their own witnesses and they could do their own investigation. If the Senate finds that the president is guilty of a high crime or a misdemeanor then the process moves to the supreme court where these where three supreme court justices sit over a criminal trial of the president and if they find him guilty then he is removed from office backing up a little bit if one of the houses of uh of of uh of the government let's say congress finds the president guilty of uh of a crime and impeaches the president and it goes to Senate, and Senate decides that there is no grounds for impeachment, then the case dies right there on the Senate floor. And so that's essentially what happened with Bill Clinton. He was, uh, he was impeached by the Senate, but not by the Congress. And this is usually, um, it's not supposed to be, but it's usually a partisan vote. So usually what happens is the, um, the people vote based on their party line. So if the president's a Republican or the president's a Democrat, it depends on, uh, you know, that's, that's, how, that's how it would vote. So if the uh, Congress was Republican and the Senate was uh, Democrat, then Congress would vote against the Democratic president, the Democrats would vote against the uh, Republican president, and so on and so forth. The, uh, it's not how impeachment was envisioned by the founding fathers of the, of, the, of the country, but that is basically how it plays out because, uh, once again, we live in a very political world, and in this political world... People don't really follow the rules; they follow politics. So that's uh, that's the story, and that's that's really the uh, the impeachment story. Did President Trump commit a crime? In my opinion, there was no crime. But then again, I don't make these decisions. But in my opinion, it didn't seem like a crime. The uh, president of Ukraine and uh, the Ukrainian officials that were involved in this uh, conversation that Trump allegedly um, uh, twisted their arms and allegedly. Uh, uh, held back funding unless they provided him with dirt from um, uh, dirt on, on Biden, on Joe Biden, uh, claims that that never happened. And uh, I always learned, I, over, over the course of you know, all the years I've been alive, I learned a long time ago that in general, if people tell you something didn't happen, in general it didn't happen. Uh, normally foreign leaders have nothing to hide. And if they, uh, if, you know, if, they were coerced or they were threatened or something happened. In general, they are never afraid to, to speak up. They have nothing to lose. They don't answer to the United States. But alas, the hatred of Donald Trump in, uh, in, in, in the government, the hatred of Donald Trump in, in segments of the population, they definitely want to see Trump impeached. They definitely want to see Trump removed from office. Now, you can't impeach a president 
because of hatred. You can't impeach a president because you don't like him. That's not a crime. And unfortunately, we're living in a society today. We are living in society which believes that if I don't like something, then it's criminal. If I don't like the president, then the president must be removed from, from, from office, naturally, because I don't like him. This is not the way the world works. It's not the way the world's supposed to work. Uh, I don't like that ice cream. Therefore, we have to close the store. I don't like... I don't like the fact that that restaurant doesn't want to serve homosexuals. Therefore, we must shut down the restaurant. It doesn't work like that. The world's not supposed to work like that. We live in a free market society. If you don't like something, well, then just don't go shop there. To shut down their business makes no sense. If you don't like the president, if you hate the president... With all your heart. And look, there's a lot to hate about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not a normal person. There's a lot to hate about Donald Trump. He does a lot. He says a lot of things that are very hateful. He says a lot of things that are very insulting. That doesn't make him a criminal. That doesn't make that doesn't, you know, his speech is not impeachable. He has to commit a crime. So. Let's say, uh, let's say we take everybody seriously, everybody who makes an allegation that he made a sexual pass at them seriously, like they did with Kavanaugh. Oh, we take everybody seriously. If somebody says that, uh, that, that, that Brett Kavanaugh raped them when he was in college, take them seriously. You must believe. We believe the victims. That's what everyone was screaming. Do you know that during the Kavanaugh inquiry when when they uh, when they were trying to um, when they're trying to push Kavanaugh into the uh, into the Supreme Court during during the hearings investing in Kavanaugh every single woman that got up to claim that Kavanaugh raped them was discredited every single one of them the man's reputation was ruined completely ruined he will always have that asterisk next to his name saying that during his confirmation hearings all these women came up and claimed that he had raped them. The man's life and reputation is ruined completely, completely in shatters over women making allegations that he committed a crime that he did not commit. There has been no credible allegation against Brett Kavanaugh. And the media has been so complacent in continuing the smear campaign against Trump and all the Trump allies. It is absolutely unbelievable. When you, when you watch the media, it's unbelievable. And sometimes you see a pro-Trump uh, article. Sometimes you'll read something like USA Today a couple of weeks ago had, a, uh, had an article that, that the headline was, Hey, America, Trump's been a pretty good president. Here's five reasons why or six reasons why. Uh, to see something like that is extremely rare. And the media feeds into this whole frenzy. Uh, because you know it sells papers and it, it gets the eyeballs to uh, to to watch their to watch their shows, which are relatively mediocre. And you wonder, and you wonder, why does this continue? How does this continue? How how do we allow the media and allow certain politicians to take democracy and make a mockery out of it? And that's essentially what's happening now with this in. Impeachment inquiry—it's a mockery. It is a—it um, 
it, it is it is an insult to the democratic freedoms. We we are less than a year away from an election. It was in fact it was a year oh a year today. The American people are going to vote. Would it not be more beneficial to the American people and more beneficial to the democratic system of America to allow the people of America to make the decision at the ballot box in about in exactly a year from today? Would that not be more beneficial than running the country through an impeachment inquiry and then impeachment hearings and then impeachment votes? And by the time they get through it all, it'll be election day anyway. So Fanny just uh, just just sent me a message saying, Howie, it's so much more than that. Uh, yeah, you're right, Fanny. It is so much more than that. This is a coup attempt by the Democratic Party to take over the country. It is a coup attempt by the Democratic Party to destroy a president, to destroy a man's reputation, much like it did Kavanaugh, so that he will lose the next election. Al Green, Representative Al Green, said it clearly. He's Democratic representative of Congress, of, uh, of the Senate, excuse me, of the Congress, sorry. It's Congressman Al Green. He said it clearly, and you can look it up. He said, we must impeach this president or we are going to lose the next election. I think that says it all. I don't think there's anything more to say. If Al Green, a Democratic congressman, was so, so honest, he was just so honest, he said, we must impeach this president or we will not win the next election. How much clearer could you be than that? So you're right, Fanny, there's so much more than that. And if you want to call in and tell me how much more than that there is, give me a call. 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. Let's talk about it. If you think there's more than that, then call in and let's, let's discuss it. Because, uh, because I think that's it. Uh, I have no reason to doubt the congressman who says that the only way to win the election is to impeach the president. I have no doubt in my mind that he's not being honest. Of course he's being honest. Why would he not be honest? How is that not? You know, I don't understand how anybody could not see the lunacy of this kind of behavior on the Democratic Party. I don't understand how people don't see this. Now, I, I see and I understand that Donald Trump has said things that are hurtful to people. And I know I said this before, I'm going to repeat it again, because I think it's important to point out that I, I do understand when people tell me that, uh, oh, you know, Trump's a misogynist pig. And being a misogynist pig doesn't disqualify you from being president. Well, it does if the people decide they don't want a misogynist pig as their president, which apparently the American people decided they wanted, because Donald Trump's been a misogynist pig for his whole life, for his whole public life at least. I mean, he's been in the public eye for 40 years. And in those 40 years, he has been pretty disgusting. Go back and watch some videos of Donald Trump from 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago. And you will see how disgusting this man was. The American people were very, very familiar with Donald Trump. And yet they voted him in. Now, some of you might say, oh, wait, Howie, uh, you're the Electoral College. Oh, America didn't vote him. He didn't get the popular vote. Let's talk about the popular vote for a second, because I hear this argument coming up all the time. And don't call me or write to me with a popular vote argument. 
There is no government that's not a dictatorship that works on popular vote, period. It's impossible to have an election based on popular vote. It's impossible to run a country based on popular vote because democracy doesn't really exist. Democracy is a great idea. It's a beautiful concept. But you wouldn't want to live under a pure democracy. I wouldn't want to live under a pure democracy. And I don't think anybody in the world would ever want to live under a pure democracy. Think about this. If we lived under pure democracy, that means mob rule. Everybody rules. Mob rules. People who vote, the most amount of people vote for something, that's what happens. So, um, so that means that, let's say there are, there's a community of anarchists out there who decide that one day they don't want government and they don't want uh, their city to be ruled by the federal government, whatever federal government that is, they could democratically vote to eliminate the federal government from their city, remove their federal government from their city. They could do that. And by doing that, they could basically eliminate the federal government. How scary is that? Because democracy doesn't exist. You need checks and balances. You need a system, a, a system of, uh, of government where people vote for their representatives and then you trust those representatives to cover to, to, to represent the people who voted for them. If you don't have that, then you really have nothing. You're, you're, you're basically living in, in a lie. You're living in a, in a fallacy. You're living in a situation where it, it makes absolutely no sense. You live in a situation where, where it's nonsensical because it can't be sensical any other way. You have to be able to have representatives who will speak on your behalf. We can't always have a, uh, a show of hands. And, and that's the problem, that people don't understand this. That we live in a, uh, in Canada, you live in a parliamentary system. In the States, you live in a republic system, a, a republic. The United States is a republic. And, and you have to understand that republics and parliamentary systems are really not democracies. Because once you, once you think that they are a democracy, then you're, you're pretty much deluding yourself. It's a complete delusion. But yet people still make the argument that, oh, this guy didn't win the popular vote. The popular vote means nothing, absolutely nothing. Zero. In the American political system, in the Canadian political system, in the British political system, in the French political system, in the Spanish political system, I can keep going. Absolutely nothing. In America, it's all about the Electoral College. And the Electoral College was, was created for, for a specific reason. The founding fathers of the country figured that the middle states that don't have very much of a population would not have very much of a say in the election of a president or at all unless they had a, a, a way to have power. And the way they have power is through the Electoral College. 
You take the Electoral College away, you remove the Electoral College, and what you have is you have a um, you have a government that is decided by New York and California, the two states that have the highest population. That's what happens if you remove the Electoral College. So you can't remove that. You can't take that away. So by not taking that away, that's the system you have. In Canada, we, represent, we, we, we hire, we, we elect representatives in Parliament. Each of these representatives represent a seat in Parliament. The majority of seats in Parliament form the government. Or at least the majority of seats in Parliament, if they could, if they, the majority of seats in Parliament form the government, if they could hold the confidence of the House. So you could have the majority of seats and then still not have the confidence of the House and your government could fall. But people don't understand political systems because they don't teach civics in school anymore. They stop teaching civics. So people don't understand how government works. I, I think it's important. I think we should bring back civics into, into high schools. I think it's important for high school students to understand how government works. Because when we come to election time or when we come to impeachments and stuff like that, I think it's important for people to know what the heck we're talking about. Because if we don't know what we're talking about, then we're just talking. I'm Howie Soberger. This is the Howie Soberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I want to thank you for joining me. I'm going to, um, we're going to sign off right now. And when we come back in an hour, you could, uh, you could join me again in an hour, exactly one hour from now. We will be here again with um, Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. That's uh, in one hour from right now. And uh, we'll, we'll live stream it again on, on Facebook and on, uh, on YouTube. Because uh, that's what we're going to do from now on. We're going, to, um, we're going to live stream it. I'm Howie Silberger. It's the Howie Silberger Show. We're heard live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Every Monday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Across 
Listening to TrueTalkRadio.com, the only place to be.